This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 16. Episode 39. This is Writing Excuses. Deep dive into event. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dan. I'm CL. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Mary Robinette. And we are back with the fifth episode of our Mice Quotient Masterclass. So excited to have you all here for it. Uh, today we're going to talk about the fourth and final element, event. Right. So event stories are driven by disruptions of normal. Uh, these are tend to be very externally driven conflicts. Um, they begin when a status quo is disrupted and end when it is restored or there's a new status quo. So many things that we think of as plot are actually event. Um, there's a tendency I've noticed among uh, particularly science fiction and fantasy uh, readers to to think that the the big actions that are happening are are all of the plot and they forget that all of the other pieces are also plot but <laughs> uh but event <laughs> event is um is is all of the the things that happen but it's mostly about uh things breaking over and over and over again it's it's that thing that happens in the real world where you're like I'm just, and I should say, um, we are having our bathroom remodeled as we are <laughs> recording this. And the cascading effect of making one decision to change a status quo, which is uh, let's, let's have a new bathroom, uh, winds up impacting everything else. Because once you decide that you're going to peel up the floor... And then you discover that since your grandfather built the house, that the floor beams are actually um, two by sixes instead of two by tens, which is standard for a floor. And so, and then that then in turn breaks their ability to put in uh, water lines and air conditioning because they have to fit them into similar spaces. And uh, also then you have to have things re uh, reassembled. And then... When you're trying to record a podcast, there are contractors <laughs> who are constantly coming in and uh, and interrupting. And none of you have heard any of this because we have solved it by managing to record around things. But it is this cascading chain led from one decision to make one change in status quo that is then breaking all of the rest of my normal. Good times. <laughs> Good times. I'm so glad that you said that because I think certainly for me, when I was starting out with event, I always thought of it as something massively big, explosions, a meteor coming, Independence Day type thing. But it can actually be something much, much smaller, like a bathroom or a tap, your sink breaking, something like this. Anything that disrupts the status quo or your normal, right? That is absolutely correct. So, and again, as you say, this is 
that a lot of times when we think about ramping up the tension in event stories, we think about needing to make things bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's really just about this cascade of normal breaking that you you attempt to fix something and and not only does does it not work, but something else breaks next to it. So again, in the obstacle versus complication thing, obstacles in this form are when each action causes the status quo to become more disturbed. So um, again, in a in small frame world, if someone has a problem with their boss, and that's a that's an external problem. That's not a problem they have with themselves. That's a that's an external problem. So they want to change that status quo. They go to HR to try to resolve it, and that action then directly causes them to get fired. So that's that's a that's an obstacle. It's where they've tried to change something and. A, a problem in the same thread line causes it to just, just go wrong. Complications are when a question opens up to a different problem. So someone has a problem with their boss and they go to HR and that in turn leads to them being held prisoner by terrorists. Who are the terrorists? You know, where did they come from? This is, this is heading things in a completely different way. So, uh, so these are, this is the kind of thing that you're looking for. Um, I mean, you could make the argument in some cases that this is a continuation of a disruption of status quo. Um, I am thinking of it as kicking off an inquiry thread about who are these people and, and the milieu of escaping a hostage situation. Yeah, I uh, was going to say event is the one that is the hardest for me to get my head around. And is is that your experience as well? Is is there something trickier about event or am I just thinking about it wrong? I think that it is that because event is action driven, everything feels like it's an event. You know, stories are inherently about change like that's that's a thing that happens in stories so when you're looking at um let's let's say that you're doing a milieu story and your characters or let's say your characters crash land on a planet um if they arrive on the planet uh, that is definitely a milieu story and the thing that they're trying to solve is getting off the planet if they are explorers and they they land under a controlled setting and the story begins after they have already arrived on the planet and they are attempting to, that their ship breaks. Okay, the ship breaking is at this point an event because it has disrupted their status quo because they're supposed to be there and they're supposed to be exploring. Whereas if they are crashing on the planet, you know, if, if they are there unexpectedly and trying to leave, their primary goal is to leave the planet and fixing the event of the, the problem with the ship is incidental to the primary thrust, which is getting off and surviving the planet. And that's that's why it is, um, the with this one and with all of them, the the question that you're you're looking at, the thing that is often the deciding factor, isn't necessarily is is I mean, a lot of it is where you start and stop, but a lot of it is what are they trying to solve? Where are they you know where are they expending their effort um, in, in a murder? Uh, if someone is murdered, 
and you put the focus, the primary effort goes into attempting to answer questions, that's an inquiry. If the primary focus goes into learning to live after this person has been murdered and someone else is dealing with the question of who did it, you know, there are detectives who are going off and solving things. But the the focus of the story is on how does the widow survive? How does the widower learn to um, to, to fold his own laundry? It's a little bit of gender stereotyping, and <laughs> we're just going to roll with it right now. My husband is actually the one who does laundry in our household. Um, so, <laughs> but this this is you know that that's the one of them. The focus is on trying to establish a new normal, and the other is on. Um, trying to answer a question. And that mm-hmm. tells you the kinds of conflicts that go in the middle and and where you're putting your emphasis. Okay. So as with some of the other ones we've looked at, the value then of figuring out what kind of story, which of the four mice elements uh, you're dealing with, is that it helps you to focus your story and it helps yes. you to take it in the right direction so that you're not spinning off like you said into into story bloat and adding unnecessarily unnecessary elements uh because you know more exactly what your story is about that is correct um say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And actually, I'm going to talk, pause here to talk about our book of the week, because I think it's a good example of this um, and, and the, the, the trickiness there. So I am the audiobook narrator for Sean and McGuire. And uh, also currently, as we are recording this, I am in the process of recording When Sorrows Come, which is her, her new book. When you hear this, it will be out. Um, and it's, it's book 15 in the October Day series. So FYI. <laughs> um, but the thing about these books is that they are a combination inquiry event uh, with, with character going on as well. But the thing about the inquiry, uh, Toby is a detective. And there are things that she needs to answer. But really, when you're signing up for the books, what, you, what you're interested in is watching her kick some ass. And so the the primary that the primary driver in a lot is arguably that these are event books. Chaos just surrounds her. Things are constantly going wrong. She's constantly getting stabbed. She's constantly needing to, to solve problems. And 
there is much less emphasis put on the actual detecting. The detecting exists as a setup to give us all of the events that go wrong. Are we there and interested in it? Yes. Does it need to carry weight? Absolutely, because it's a novel and it has multiple threads. But the driver for 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 most of this is about this um, this this of ev- the, these events, these things going wrong. There's also character stuff that's happening that is wonderful. Um, you know, there's it's kind of a constant coming of age, but it is a coming of age that is always being kicked off by things going terribly, terribly wrong. And that affecting everything else in in Toby's life. Uh, I like these books a lot. I enjoy narrating them. Um, I in every book, uh, Shannon makes me cry while narrating. Um, <laughs> so uh, I highly recommend them. Um, I get better as a narrator, <laughs> FYI, over the course of fifteen books. Uh, so. Um, uh, don't judge me too harshly on uh, the first book. Um, but, but that uh, one, but the new one is When Sorrows Come, correct? When Sorrows Come by Shauna McGuire. Yes. And it is awesome. absolutely a, uh, it is it is status quo disruptions, just constant status quo disruptions. Like, we're going to check this thing out. And then the process of checking this thing out causes someone to get killed. And the process of checking out how they get killed causes someone else to get killed. This is not a spoiler if you've ever read an October Day novel. <laughs> so with an event story, if it's about action, external things happening, status quo is being disrupted, how do you keep that from becoming overwhelming? Like something happens and then something else happens and another thing happens and it's all related, it's all consequence. We're staying in the same um, nice element. Um, I guess it's a question about pacing, really, like how how to control that. Yeah. Um, so pacing, the, one of the things that I misunderstood when I was first learning to apply the mice element to things is thinking that every tri-fail cycle had to be the same size and that they all had to be the same levels of difficulty. So... Uh, similarly, that I, I thought that all of the consequences had to ramp up at the same proportional level. Yeah. So one of the things that you can do when you're trying to control pacing uh, through the events that happen and the consequence of those events is to think about smaller consequences and stacking them. Sometimes um, what I will do is I will make a list of possible consequences uh, things that can go terribly wrong. And then I'll, uh, and this is, this is in a, I should say, this is in a phase when I am, uh, stuck and brainstorming. It is not the way I just, normally mm-hmm. I just write. Um, but when I'm stuck in brainstorming, I'll, I'll list the consequences and then I'll rank them in, um, kind of, uh, best case scenario to worst case scenario. And then, uh, remove the best case scenario and sort of dole out the worst case scenarios in a, in a slowly escalating piece of, uh, you know, rolling disaster. Right. So, and this is, but, but like pacing is. No, I oh, was going to say, um, so, and this is always in relation, obviously, to your character, because what is, you know, 
devastatingly awful for me might not be the same for you know my sister or my friend so always with the character in mind right the list of consequences yeah yeah Right, right, exactly. You're th- because you're thinking about the character's mm-hmm. status quo being disrupted. Um, the the uh, so it is their sense of normal and their place in the world. The world being disrupted, for instance, um, you know there are big disruptions, like, like horrible disruptions happening in uh, in Greece right now as we're recording this. Terrible, sure. terrible fires, and those are not affecting me. So it is a disruption of the status quo, but it is not a disruption to my status quo. See? Um, There was something I wanted to add um, around pacing. Um, One thing that really got my um, my head around the concept of pacing was the idea is that when you begin a story, you have a million choices. When you get to the climax of the story, you have one. And pacing is all about taking choices away gradually, closing more doors until there is only one thing left to do. I'm sitting here going, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it it really is it is about getting to them to a and it, it trying to get them to a point where the it's an impossible choice. It's a choice that is hard. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that are hard, should I uh, give some homework? Yes. yes. I think Do that's it. great. All right. Grab your fairy tale. Um, you are going to uh, attempt to strip out everything except the event stuff. So with uh, Goldilocks and the three bears, uh, the three bears come home. There is a home intruder in the bear's home. Furniture has been broken. They have to drive this little blonde girl out of their home. Their dinner has been eaten. They have to remake dinner. Papa Bear has to repair furniture. And then, then, and only then, after they have restored their status quo, are they truly safe? You know, or... Awesome. You know, there's a home intruder and Papa Bear just kills her. And now, now they have to live with the consequences. (laughs) It's like, no, no, we don't have to have cards. (laughs) What are you doing, Papa Bear? I'm retiring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so i i want to ask and i know this is homework but but i want to dig into this for a second is there a way to cast goldilocks and the three bears as an event story from goldilocks point of view without making it just a milieu story so it is about a disruption to the status quo if we start, if you start the story when she's in the house and the bears show up um, I think I in know. this case, Goldilocks and the Three Bears is an event story. Goldilocks is the antagonist. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only, the, like, I think if you, huh. So it is about a change in the status quo. If Goldilocks wants to make a change in the status quo, 
then she would need, what does she want to change? Goldilocks. Goldilocks's mom won't cook her lunch. You have to start it at a different point. Okay. Goldilocks's mom won't cook her lunch and is trying to force her to take a nap, and she doesn't want anything to do with that. So she is going to make a forcible break from her family, and she is going to run away from home. That gets back into character again. Wow, I'm not <laughs> sure. I think there's got to be a way to make Goldilocks an event story. Well, rather than uh, puzzle over it now, that'll be a bonus homework. If anyone comes up with a really good one, let us know. Yeah. But for now, you are out of excuses. Go write. This episode of Writing Excuses was engineered by Marshall Carr Jr. and mastered by Alex Jackson. Your hosts were Dan Wells, C.L. Polk, Charlotte Forfier, and Mary Robinette Kowal. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.